Thank you for tuning in to today's life message from Cornerstone Church. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging message. If you would like more information about the church, stay tuned after this podcast. How's everybody this morning? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Father, thank you, Lord, that you love us so much, that you gave your son, you gave the best that you had to gain us back. Thank you. God, you're just so wonderful. Thank you for uh, the privilege of being able to minister your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, that I thank, Lord, I thank you that the spirit of seeing and the spirit of knowing is operating today. I thank you, Father God, the gifts of the spirit are in operation today. Thank you, Lord, the gifts of healings, the working of miracles, the gifts of special faith. Thank you, Lord, that the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just give you the praise, and we thank you that people's ears are open, their hearts are receptive to hear what you've got to say, and their eyes are enlightened to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to talk about faith, but in particular, we're going to talk about faith that works by love. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision avails anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion comes not of him that calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded but he that troubles you shall bear his judgment whoever he can be whoever he be I like all of it but I really like verse 10 where it says I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded but Galatians chapter 5 that's what the Lord thinks. That's what the Lord, he, see the words he gives you, how he believes in you? I have confidence in you. That's awesome. See, Paul wrote that, but it was the Holy Ghost through Paul. So the Holy Ghost is saying that to us. I have confidence in you that you're going to follow the right thing. That's amazing. Go back to verse 6. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. It doesn't work by your love. It works by his love for you. That's why Paul said there in the next couple verses, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. What do you mean by that? Well, that little leaven is doubting God's love for you. You ever doubt your love that the parents have for you, your parents have for you, you'll doubt everything that they'll do for you. But when you know your parents love you, there's no leaven there. There's nothing there to hinder that love. You know that your, your faith, your confidence in your parents will work there. So we are talking about faith, but I feel like the main ingredient for faith is love. We've got to have love or our faith. The faith, actually, it's not even our faith. If you go back to Galatians chapter 2.20, it says that it's Jesus' faith that's in us. So we don't have to muster up it. This gospel's great. We don't have to muster up anything. All we got to do is believe. 
that's all we have to do is believe. We believe the Gospels. You say, yeah, but you're supposed to be doing... No, you can do these things, but you don't do them in order to get, or you don't do them in order to be. Because if you do something in order to be, then you're denying who you are. So, turn to, if, if you have your Bibles... We're going to talk about five love languages. I feel like it's very important. We, uh, we were going to a church in, uh, years ago as a Pentecostal church, and the pastor had a Baptist minister come in. Everybody, how many know who Gary Chapman is? He wrote the five love languages book. He said something in, in, those, in that sermon, that, because he did the five love languages, but he said something in there that I thought was amazing, and he, he was able to see this through his, what he had studied as a counselor. But the five love languages are words of encouragement, acts of service, quality time, physical touch, and gift giving. Each person has at least one, sometimes two and three of these. Mine, for somebody, to, for me to feel love, it's acts of service. Do something for me. Uh, my wife is quality time and physical touch. A person feels loved. Now, a lot of times we end up loving someone through how we're loved. And we don't make that connection with the person. But that's what a marriage is all about. You learn to make that connection so you can, because a lot of times our conversations like this, well, you need to spend more time with me. Well, I do all this stuff for you. I'm showing love, but I'm just not showing it. She's, we're not connected. But see, God gives you five love languages all the time. So yours is always, if you would just pay attention, yours is always, God's always connecting you, with you through your love language. Always. Let me give you some examples. Well, I'll say this. If you look at Mark chapter 16, all five love languages are right there that, God is uh, that Jesus is saying, preach the gospel, words of affirmation, because the gospel's good news. Lay hands on the sick, physical touch. Preach the word, spend time with someone. Because, you, you know, this is, this is just one small element of preaching the word. Spending time with someone and talking and giving them, telling them about Jesus and how good he is, that's quality time. Acts of service, ministering to others, gift giving, oh man, when you lay hands on someone, you're giving life. So all these are in just in that one passage of scripture, but I want to talk about just one today and how God loves us in this one way, physical touch. And I want to go through scripture and show you. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2. Now, let me, and this is what Gary Chapman said, and I, I thought it was very profound that he said this. He said, he says, I do, I never doubt anyone's spiritual experience when they say God touched them and certain things happened to them 
and it was just a great experience physically. He says, I have no problem with that. Why? Because their love language is probably physical touch. Acts chapter 2, I've got to get there. Verse 2, I mean verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now verse 5 through 13, well, excuse me, verse 11 tells who all were there and how they were speaking. Verse 12, and it says, And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What does this mean? Verse 13, Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. They were saying, These guys are drunk. Now let me just say to you, Anytime I've been around a drunk man, they don't, they don't speak in tongues. They're stumbling, they're falling, they can't stand up, they're silly, they're giggling, Okay, so he said, they see him drunk. These guys are drunk. And Peter <coughs> said, whoop, my Bible turned, pages turned. Verse 14, but Peter's standing up with the 11. Why? Because he was drunk. He had to get up off the ground. Lifted up his voice and said, you men of Judea <coughs> and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. These are not drunken as you suppose. Why is it not as you suppose? Because they've been touched physically by God. This one right here, I've seen her sauced a lot in the spirit. It don't take much. It takes a couple laughs and she's there. I've had to carry her out of services. Carry her out of services. You're not listening. I mean, just like if we were at a bar and had to take her out, it was no different. And the problem is it sloshes over on other people when you try to move her. You say, what's this got to do with love? Everything, physical touch. That's how God ministers to her. One of the ways. Look at Luke chapter, I believe it's Luke chapter 8. Look at what Jesus did here. I hope I'm in the right book because I get Luke and Matthew's stories mixed up in different places. Nope, it's Matthew 8. Matthew chapter 8. Verse 1, and when he came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him and said, I will be clean. Now, first of all, that man probably, since he's a leper, has not been touched physically in a long time. 
But Jesus, knowing humanity, which he wasn't, Jesus wasn't supposed to touch him. But he stretched forth his hand and touched him. And when he did, that physical touch that Jesus released there. Because remember, Jesus ministered on this earth as a man anointed by the Spirit, not by the Son of God. When he touched him, that life that's in him went out of him into him, and it said he was made clean. And I'll tell you, Scripture that states that Jesus was a man when he ministered on this earth. It said, Acts 10, 38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. If it was talking about his deity, it would have said Jesus Christ, the Messiah. But it said Jesus of Nazareth. It talked about him just like it was if somebody else was in that town. So you know Jesus of Nazareth. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Now see, all you got to do is put your name in there. How God anointed Mark of Stony Point with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that oppressed the devil because God was with Is God with you? Are you anointed with the Holy Ghost? That scripture fits you. Physical touch. Thank you, Lord. Mark chapter 5. I believe it's five. We're going to find out for sure. Yes. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there comes one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. In other words, as people just all bunched up, crowding around him, he'd take three steps forward, two steps back, side to side. They're just all crowding him. All right, then we have the one with the issue of blood. She touched his garment. We have that story. Now, verse 35. While he yet spake to the woman, there came from the rule of the synagogue's house certain which said, Your daughter's dead. Why trouble the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the rule of the synagogue, Don't be afraid. Only believe. Only believe what? What you said just a minute ago. She shall live. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he comes to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and sees the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he says unto them, Why are you making this ado and weeping? The damsel's not dead, she's just asleep. And they laugh him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he takes the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha Cumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. He took the damsel by the hand. 
And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. So physical touch. He touched. He touched her. Even though she was dead, he touched her. But when you, even science will tell you when you touch another person affectionately, there is things that go chemically on in their body. It does, they release endorphins. It makes them feel good. There's things that happen. That's why God wants to touch his people in all five of these areas. You say, well, I've never, you know, mine's physical touch, but I can't remember God ever physically touching me. Acts chapter 8. Because we're going to have an altar call today. I've been going back and forth. We're going to have an altar call today. Those that's never been filled with the Spirit, you're going to be filled with the Spirit today. We're Pentecostals here. The baptism of the Holy Ghost, the evidence of speaking in other tongues, is a experience for the Christian. Is. And it's to be perpetuated and carried on throughout your life. Paul talks about it a lot in 1 Corinthians. But I said Acts chapter 8, and as I walked, my pages started turning. Acts chapter 8. Okay. Philip goes down to Samaria, verse 5, and preaches Christ unto them. And it goes in, it's, and, and it says, And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voices, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that, that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. So we go on down to verse 14. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. They thought it was so important that they sent for John and Peter for them to be filled. And it says, For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then said they lay, then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Now you say, well, you don't see them speak in tongues, but look at what Simon did. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he had something, he had to see something, because you can lay hands on somebody if nothing happens. I don't think a sorcerer would want that power. But he saw something happen when they got when they laid hands on them, what happened? They began to speak with other tongues. And I'm sure other things was going on. But we see Simon got into a little trouble. Chapter 10. But they were touched by God. You see the people that were healed, the lame, they were touched. I'm going to tell you something. If you go from not walking to walking, I'm sure you feel it. I'm sure you feel it. 
And we'll go back to Acts chapter 3 in a minute. But verse 10, this is where Peter goes down to Caesarea. And he goes down to uh, Cornelius' house, who's a Gentile. And he goes in, and, and the Lord tells him, he says, go, nothing doubting. So he goes and he preaches the gospel. Go to verse 44. Well, actually, verse 43, because I feel like this is very important. 1043 says, To him give all the prophets witness that through, the name, through his name, whosoever believes in him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words. He's, what did Peter say? Your sins are gone. That's what Peter preached to those Gentiles. He said that in the moment. And when he said that in the moment, the Bible says the Holy Ghost fell on them at that moment. And they which were the circumcision, it says, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How do they know? Next verse. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then they said, let's go get them baptized. Acts chapter 3, I said we was going there. Love language, physical touch. They were touched physically by God. Acts chapter 3. Verse 1, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour, which is about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asking alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. But Peter said, Silver and gold I don't have, but such as I have I give you. In the name of Jesus, he had something to give. Peter recognized he had something to give. You've got something to give. If you're born again, the anointing resides on the inside of you. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the anointing resides on you. And you have something to give. You have the power to God, of God to give, and it can fix any problem. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Now, it's funny. Peter jerks him off the ground. He don't give him a chance to see, check anything out. Peter said, this is a done deal, guy. Let's get up. And he says he grabbed him, pulls him up. And he says the man leaped and stood. So the man's leaping because all of a sudden, when Peter grabs him, picks him up, that power that's in him goes to that man, which is physical touch again. And when he touches him physically, he releases that power. You've heard pastor, you've heard other people say, it's the call of the law of transmission. But with the law of transmission, there always has to be a receiver. When you're giving it, there's got to be a receiver. So he picks him up, lifts him up, and it says immediately his ankles and legs receive strength. 
Now, Peter goes on later and says, through faith and faith in his name, this man's made whole. Well, it wasn't the man's faith because he's expecting to receive money. It was Peter's faith in the name. Because Peter's the one that took the chance, grabbed him. Well, what if this don't work? Peter never thought about that. He, just, he had been with Jesus. And he had saw Jesus grab the dead girl by the hand. Pick her up. He had saw him with the, the, the young boy in Luke where the mother, he, he had compassion on him because she, her son had died. And he goes over there and says, don't weep. And touches the boy and he's raised from the dead. Peter saw that. He saw Lazarus come out. Peter saw Jesus because there's plenty of scripture where it says Jesus laid hands on them. Laid hands on the little children and blessed them. It's physical touch. God wants to touch you physically. I told this story the other Wednesday night when I talked. My wife was feeling a little homesick. We were at out in Oklahoma. It was exaltation. That it's, you get in with the other students and you pray. As on Tuesday, you get in there and you pray. And they, they might have some music playing or whatever. But there was a lady that when you, she come up behind my wife and put her arms around her like this. And my wife said when she did that, she felt a second set of arms come around. What if the woman would have never done that? Would she have felt that? Maybe, maybe not. But the woman, there's things we've got to do. Smith Wigglesworth said this one time. He said, it seems that God cannot do anything on this earth unless someone asks him. He turned authority over to man. So what needs to be done on this earth is through us. That's why Jesus came back as a man to give us the authority back as men so we can do what Jesus said to do. And so the enemy can be put in his place. Because Jesus put him in his place, he just keeps trying to creep up and get in, get in usurp authority. All you got to do is just, no, you can't do that. He has, no, he, has no, he has no teeth, he has no hands, he has no feet. All he can do is gum you. He has, no, he has zero power. Even when you give him power, he has no power. Because he's give, you've let him have it here. And people say, well, you know, you talk about this stuff, the devil can manifest himself. Really? I'm asking God to do something for me in my physical body and the enemy is going to? No. That's people afraid to see what God can do. Thank you for listening to this week's encouraging podcast. You can find out more information about the church on our Facebook page at Cornerstone of Victory Church, Statesville. Remember, life begins at the cross.